the worship pastor had a meeting with me about like getting better and and I'm like dude I'm fine like I'm a teenager like I'm like it's all good like I'm not spiraling out of control like I don't have any like massive trauma that I'm like self-medicating myself through like you know what I mean and and then I was like I was like what about like because you're like kicking me out of this shit and like sadly I was narking on people but I'm like honestly now I now I look back out on it and I'm like I'm like no I should have done that where it's like it's like dude like this dude on your worship team who's 21 is dating a girl my age and he's a staff member in the youth group what the fuck is that all about and he's like oh no 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 that's not that's not happening Everybody, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. I'm Jeremiah. And today we're going to dive right into it because uh, Jeremiah has just become a full-blown Reddit conspiracy theorist and he wants to try to convert us uh, on the air right now and all of our listeners as well because that's what conspiracy theorists ultimately care the most about is just making sure everybody agrees with them at the end of the conversation. No, 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 Sam. I don't know. There's nothing to agree. I'm just going to point out (laughs) that I think are interesting. And I, I'm not definitively drawing conclusions. I'm just curious. Don't you think most reasonable people would draw the same conclusions that I have as yes. I'm a reasonable person? You know, a conclusion I'm drawing, hmm. I'm drawing a conclusion that you have a lot of angst against the working man. <laughs> that's Ooh. what I think. All right. I don't know where this is. Go- I, I don't know where that's going. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, now, if by that, you mean, uh, are the writers who are currently on strike a direct threat to our democracy? Yes. Exactly. Now I know what you're thinking. How on earth is this possible? I'll tell you. So everyone's familiar with the butterfly effect, right? Like a butterfly flaps its wings in Asia and there's a hurricane off the coast of Florida or something. Um, yep. You know, Franz Ferdinand decides to get uh, lunch at a certain cafe or no, he decides to drive past a certain cafe where a certain guy's getting lunch and, you know, yada, 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 90 years later, we have to listen to Kanye West defend Hitler. Like this type of stuff, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Dick Cheney puts in a job resume at uh, Halliburton and yada, yada, yada. We invade the Middle East. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like These things happen. Now, I know what you're thinking. What do Hollywood writers have to do with that? Well, I'll tell you. So currently there's the 2023 Writers Guild of America strike, and it remains to be seen how long the strike is going to go on. But uh, the middle-aged of you will know that the 2007 to 2008 Writers Guild of America strike was the last major time this has happened. As far as I'm aware, I didn't actually research that part. But a lot of us remember that happening because do you remember all of your favorite scripted shows going down the toilet like immediately? Prison Break was uh, that season at the panama jail was atrocious and uh i was only just talking to somebody about that recently so i know exactly what you mean uh season that two that of went all in the family when uh edith died <laughs> i i've never seen no. all in the family i'm sorry you know what i'm thinking of uh of that uh that last season of the andy griffith show where barney shot an unarmed man <laughs> <laughs> 
Barney it just wasn't on, fun like anymore. off a few decades, but right, right. Barney gets put on administrative leave. We all remember that season. Paid, of um, course. Paid administrative <laughs> leave. Right. It did hurt uh, shows like Heroes, Heroes Season 2, infamously, one of the steepest declines in quality of any show ever. Yeah, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was a great show, too. Well, started it, out it hurt strong. There are shows that I think did end strong. Like I, I liked all of Battlestar Galactica. A lot of people think the final season's divisive. Um, but the the major story beats had already been planned out before the show started. But the script quality, like the dialogue writing and stuff over the last season did drop off quite a bit uh, because they weren't able to make revisions. Like the scripts themselves have been written. But if you don't know how writers work, like in Hollywood, you have a usually a writer on set. As you are filming scenes and you see what works and what doesn't, people make tweaks as you go. That's a very normal part of it. And so there were shows that already had all their stuff written, uh, but they just couldn't make revisions as they went. They had to do the words exactly as they were on the page. And so some of that worked really well. Some of that didn't. So why is why is all this matter? Okay. Well, this matters because networks still had to make money and still needed shows. So they were scrambling, trying to find whatever they could uh, to put on the air. That led to a steep rise in reality TV programming because reality TV programming is cheap and you don't need writers to do a lot of the main functions that you do on a regular show. So Hmm. what does that have to do? I don't know if you start to see where this is going. Now, there was a TV show already on the air uh, being run by a failed businessman who had failed uh, pretty much every business he'd ever had. I mean, he had squandered a, a massive inheritance uh, in a bunch of you know failed casinos and other things. And really, things were not looking great for him until 2003, 2004. That's right. This is years before the writer strike. Um, the Apprentice, starring Donald Trump, was the breakout rookie hit of the 2003 to 2004 U.S. television season. Uh, and it helped NBC at a time, I'm reading from Wikipedia, when the network's two long-running successful comedies, Friends and Frasier, were ending their series runs. So this is a bad time for NBC. They're losing some cash cows. Reality TV is starting to explode. The Apprentice helps fill that void, and it gets millions and millions of viewers. The finale uh, had 28 million viewers for the first season. Which and this is 2003, you said? Yeah, and that, that was actually like, that was really good numbers back then, but that's unheard of now. Like Game of Thrones can't do the numbers that season like five or six of The Apprentice did. Like that's just how much TV has changed. Now, remember, there weren't streaming services and other things. It wasn't peak TV really yet. So there were just literally fewer options for people to watch. And that's a big part of it. It doesn't mean shows back then were like magically higher quality. But I know what you're thinking. That's years before the writer's strike. What does that have to do anything? Well, The Apprentice did well at first, but by 2007, it wasn't even in the top 50 most popular shows on TV anymore. It was going downhill. Uh, so Donald have Trump- any, I've is, never seen an episode of The Apprentice. Have you guys watched that either. show? And I, and I'd like to keep it no. that way. Uh, I just watch and rewatch the Challenger shuttle exploding. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do instead. And, <laughs> Good old Casey, just just hard derailing the conversation. I don't know where to go with that. Uh, I feel like if just like that, Daniel Pearl get decapitated over and over again. How yeah, about I was that? Just, that saying you're watching, <laughs> saying you're watching the Challenger explode over and over again. Like I feel like the effect of that is like uh, the Challenger exploding. I don't. I mean, it it's not on my radar. It's not something I like watched, saw, think about have any feelings about other than like, I understand it as a bad event, but it's like, 
if you're just like, yeah, I just watched the two towers, uh, the twin towers just fall over and over again. Like it that just, would have been a more appropriate reference. It would have um, timeline wise. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have landed. My mistake. Um, Here I like Trump heavier. Trump. It lands heavier. Uh, right. it's well, we know Trump references. Yeah. We don't family jokes. We know really Trump watched the towers head. fall probably multiple times on YouTube later. Cause you remember he very infamously said the day of like, I've got the tallest buildings in New York now. And a lot of people were like, wow, that's the type of thing a sociopath says. All right, let's just move on from that. Yeah, that was so, his big takeaway the day after. I mean, he said other things too, but he also <laughs> said that. And again, that's one of those things that um, most other people weren't thinking of at the time. So it feels weird. Well, it's because no one else had building as tall as him. So that's true. Now, in May 2007, I'm going to desperately try to get this back on track. NBC had not yet ordered a new season of The Apprentice because it had low, steadily declining ratings. Now, the network got a new entertainment chief that month, Ben Silverman, and he decided to create a celebrity version of the series, Celebrity Apprentice. So NBC was starting to run out of completed episodes that were like worked on before the writer's strike. Uh, so Celebrity Apprentice, when it first started, was not a success. It was really, really struggling. Um, the premiere was bounced around so it wouldn't have to go up against the last episode of Grey's Anatomy, which had a script finished before the strike because Grey's Anatomy was a huge hit. But Celebrity Apprentice finally started airing just as the narrative show well ran dry and the lack of alternatives available on TV made it a massive, massive hit. Because there was so, nothing interesting. Uh, there was exactly. nothing else interesting to watch at a com comparable time slot, I'm guessing. Yeah, they basically there weren't any other better shows. So Celebrity Apprentice all of a sudden becomes this massive unforeseen hit where the original show, The Apprentice, was probably going to be canceled. Like NBC hadn't ordered another one because the ratings have been going downhill. It was like American Idol. It started out really strong and then the shtick gets old and it just starts declining, which is a normal well, thing. Well, where was CSI during this time? Because oh, CSI I imagine that's like saying where was Law and Order, you know, like obviously Law and Order <laughs> yeah. is still around. <laughs> What uh, who was the contestants on that first season of the uh, Ooh, that's celebrity a good one? Question. Okay, um, Andy Dick. The tallest buildings in New York, and I'm gonna fire Carrot Top tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let me see. Um, Trace Adkins, Stephen Baldwin, a lot of people I don't recognize. Piers Morgan, Tito Ortiz, Omarosa, Gene Simmons. Wow, that's actually jeez. What a weird cast. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know where all of their careers were cast members. Yeah. I want to know where all of their careers were at uh, right before this. Well, right. you would love Trace Adkins, uh, Sam. It's country a, for everybody. He has, he has a great song that I think you would really enjoy called uh, Her Favorite Color is Chrome. Okay. <laughs> do you know any of the lyrics that you could just recite for me? I absolutely do. I expected so. The, the chorus goes, forget pink and purple paisley, little mellow yellow daisies, ain't no pot of gold in her rainbow. Her favorite color is chrome. That's and the, our favorite I, color is crown. That does feel like a faithful uh, re-singing of, of the song, a faithful cover, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That girl is all about chrome. Is it like Casey, a chrome, you the, like, chrome piece? In a band? I'm not trying to like have super high standards here, but you could do better than that. 
I know. Well, I, I, there's something about being uncomfortable singing that makes you like purposely sing off key. I think. Okay, oh, like, yeah. I'm not taking this seriously. Uh, I mean, I've never been able to sing on or off key. It's like no matter how comfortable I am. So I guess I can't relate. You have to give the impression you're not trying because if if it if you do and it doesn't come out right and people then you're just stuck leaving the impression that that's how you actually sing. And then you're embarrassed for real. That's why I've never been able to commit to karaoke in a public venue. Oh, I would never do karaoke. You couldn't like under threat of death against my entire family. I don't think I could do karaoke. Like literally, I don't think I could do it. I, I would need several drinks, uh, but I could do it. And it would have to be like Creed or Nickelback. I would absolutely (laughs) slay Creed or Nickelback karaoke. That's the same thing, right? You're like, I'm not taking this seriously. Yes, of course it's like that. But I think, I think, um, you know, I've just sung Creed enough in the car at the top of my lungs with, um, with uh, my buddy Jesse, where I, we've gotten pretty good at that, at that we can do, but certain, then it's like, I'm, I can't sing in general. It's just not happening. Um, but the second you go too high, uh, it's just not even in the realm of possibility for me to attempt to carry a tune even poorly. I think uh, if I have to sing karaoke, I'm going Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Okay. <laughs> Still in I the can... irony camp, though, of like, I can be extra on this song and it's going to work out okay. No, I like that song. And there's oh, a lot like of vocalizing in it too. That I, mean, I think, as far as a song you can sing, like that's—is it because you genuinely like singing the song, or because like you can be as ridiculous as you want and it works because it's bad romance? I genuinely like singing that song, and I've done okay. it a lot. And, <laughs> and you just love when you get to the—is that the, the rah 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 rah? Ha, ha, ha. I don't know any of that. Okay, but you like that part, I think. I do. Okay. I mean, it is a good song. So I like Lady Gaga. I do I too. Blow me. I, this is a safe space. For that. <laughs> is that one of her songs? Is that one of your favorite songs by her? It, it probably is. <laughs> Did you guys see her in A Star Is Born? Mm, yeah, she was great. No, that's a that is a way better movie than I was expecting it to be. I saw her in uh, that season of uh, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. <clears throat> I think that was one of the last scenes I watched before I gave up on that show completely because it fell yeah, off that, well that before I gave up on it. I think it had like two good seasons and then eight more. Kind of like and The Walking Dead. Can't blame yeah. the writer's strike for that. It's true. It's true. I bet they wish they could, but... Now I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Why does it matter that Celebrity Apprentice becomes this big hit? This big hit? Donald Trump is a billionaire. He's been successful for decades. Like this is just a thing he does on the side. <laughs> not true not true so this was, uh, this was his my pillow <laughs> tax documents obtained <laughs> by the new york times show that trump had squandered a 413 million dollar inheritance in a series of losing plays in real estate and casinos according to an article in the guardian on his tax return in 2004 alone he declared 89.9 million dollars in net losses this is one of the things about donald trump that has always irritated me he has been a failure for like decades monetarily. He's just oh, yeah. always been able to find people to loan him money or burnish things. Like based on the Trump name, he's able to make enough money to convince people to like take another roll of the dice. Now it's worth mentioning fewer and fewer of those people were located in the United States as time went on. And that is one of the reasons why people have always had a lot of suspicions about his possible ties to the Kremlin. 
and stuff is because a lot of his investors over time as American banks started being like, you don't make us money, so we're not interested. He started working with a lot more overseas banks, including some Russian ones. And so that's where some of that comes from. Just if anyone's ever China as well. concerned about his Saudi like uh, Yeah. Yeah. The, yep. Yeah. And China. All the different connections. None of them are great. None of them are fantastic. But the important but thing. But he to did put is, his businesses in a blind trust, guys. Sure. Uh, and the blind trust. Could the blind trust see that like he was going to stay at them with the Secret Service and, and charging the government obscene amounts of money um, to play golf at his own yeah. resorts? His blind four hundred thousand dollar year salary. His blind trust was essentially that meme of Jesus covering his eyes with the hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's more like Trump holding up one copy of the Art of the Deal, like at arms like they being like i can't see anything but what i want to me part of the deal so the apprentice uh and celebrity apprentice earned trump 427 million dollars in earnings endorsements and licensing over 14 seasons a sum which worked to cover the losses of the real estate uh concerns from his business empire so one of the things we've known about trump for a really long time is he's not a billionaire like it's one of those things you kind of innately know yeah, based yeah. on all the information, even if you've never been able to see like proof. Because it defining how somebody is a billionaire is a hard thing to do anyway. It's not like anyone has a billion dollars just sitting in a check account. Um, unless you're Elon Musk and you just tweet to drive up the price of your car company stock over and over again until it's the most valuable company in the world for reasons that mostly have to do with memes. Yeah. <laughs> Which... It's a good timeline is what I'm yeah. saying. So uh Maybe people that... keep buying those things. So my my whole thing again, and I'm not I can't prove this, but do you think it is reasonable to assume that if the writers hadn't struck struck stroke struck stroked it? Yeah, stroked. They hadn't stroked. Uh, if they kept stroking those pens and stopped stroking that line with the pickets, uh, Celebrity Apprentice wouldn't have taken off. The Apprentice would have been canceled. Donald Trump would have just been in the hole for hundreds of millions of dollars. He would not still have maintained his aura as this successful billionaire, you know, successful in all these different ventures businessman. The main thing that made him an attractive candidate initially for his run at the White House. In other words, Adam Canover did ruin everything. (laughs) Now, can you prove I'm wrong? I mean, you Proving the negative is always the hardest part, but I would, it's actually, honestly, it sounds super reasonable. I think, uh, so the, so the question is looking forward. Um, what can we suspect the, uh, this current writer's strike is going to do to our nation, our great nation. Now I have some theories. Other than Trump term two. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing if it uh if it does coincide. Look, there's nothing Basically, good that's to such watch. A poisonous thought. Get out of my brain. <laughs> now I've got some theories. So have you guys watched any Netflix reality TV? Uh I watched the first episode of Love is Blind and my god, the first season. Is that first entertaining? Well. Oh, it, that's actually probably one of the most wholesome Netflix reality TV shows. Someone at Netflix had an epiphany about four years ago. They were like, wait, we can do anything. This is our platform. Like this isn't broadcast television. We can make mature rated reality TV programming. We just have to find people willing to debase themselves to that level. And that's and, that <laughs> <laughs> and they opened the door in, in Hollywood and we're like, 
You'll yeah, do. Love is Blind, <laughs> The Circle, which is just about catfishing and manipulating other people. Um, too Hot I to tried handle. watching that. That was too terrible. Was That's like, like, too Netflix people? reality TV is like people's last stop before they try porn. <laughs> well, you should watch a trailer for the show Too Hot to Handle because you don't know how true the thing is you just said. <laughs> uh, what, what is Too Hot to Handle? So are you familiar with the concept of Bachelor in Paradise? Where like yeah. all the contestants from the last couple seasons of The Bachelor or like people who didn't win come together and they date each other on the beach and uh, theoretically some of them stay together forever. But it's just like the trashy soap opera, most soap opera version of The Bachelor, which is already a pretty trashy soap opera show. Right. But that's for a TV PG or TV 14 audience too hot to handle. They get a bunch of young attractive singles together they tell them this is a show like called party island or whatever where we're just going to get together and it's just going to be a debaucherous three or four weeks and they get all of these uh people together remember this is not broadcast television so they can wear whatever swimsuits they want they can say whatever they want they really amp them up for the first day or so like just they keep introducing new hot people new hot people wow like this is going to be the most amazing party ever and then that night they go psych so this show is called Too Hot to Handle, where if you have any uh, sexual contact with each other at all, we take money away from a prize pot. Now, average people <laughs> would look, think of that and be like, oh, so we just don't have, we just don't hook up with anyone for three weeks and we get a bunch of money. Yeah, you average so people easy. are like, it's been about three months since I've fucked somebody. So three well, weeks these, is these, not going to be hard. <laughs> the way these kids are reacting, it's like someone's told them each day you have to pick one finger that we cut off with a rusty knife. Like... <laughs> They are catatonic and they make them sleep in the same room, in the same beds and share the same shower, communal shower situation. And like, it's already sounds like my living nightmare, (laughs) but then they just tack this onto it while they theoretically, they have like the thinnest veneer on top of like, and this will teach you to look beyond the physical things in relationships. And we're going to, you're going to grow as people spoilers. Most of them do not substantially grow as people. This is a show that we saw the trailer and my wife and I just laughed about it. And we're like, that's the, that's the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. And we moved on. And then a friend uh, embarrassedly confessed to us. She was like, it's really funny. And so we started it and we watched the whole first season in like two days because one thing they did that was brilliant is they have like the host is a disembodied, like an Alexa. There's no physical host that shows up for anything. It's just this like box that talks to them. And that's because they were afraid that they would eventually fuck the host if they, if that's through um, a loophole, may, right? Maybe. I'm not, I, I don't know. But uh, the the host thing makes fun of them the whole time. They leaned into the bit of like, this is the dumbest thing that anyone has ever thought of. And we're going to make fun of like, you mean you can't keep your hands off each other for like an hour? One it's like hour. Wipeout, but just humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and what you're thinking is like, this can't be that hard. These dum-dums fail spectacularly the entire time. And they are some of the dumbest people. Like, I think the way I explained it to Hope was, it doesn't matter how conventionally physically attractive any of these people are. If you have to listen to them speak to each other for more than five minutes, like, they're repulsive. They're all repulsive. Like, they are sentient fence posts of (laughs) Netflix and they've just leaned into it. So they've gone even farther. They've done like three seasons of that. We definitely stopped watching because you can only lose but so many brain cells, Uh, but they've done a bunch more reality shows. And now they've got their one called a perfect match where they've made their own bachelor in paradise 
with all of their failed contestants from all of their reality TV programming getting together. And they've made it so blatantly a game where like, you just have to hook up with somebody at the end of the night. And they've got like the trashiest contest you can possibly imagine. Like you have to blindfold just, this person and they have to it's kiss horny every- squid games. Exactly. It, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, I don't, what shocks me is like, I get why HBO hasn't really done something like this. HBO Max, they did F Boy Island, I think, which was, that was very clearly supposed to be a comedy. Like, they're just making fun of the whole thing. But like, Amazon hasn't delved into this. Paramount hasn't. Like, there's so many other online streaming services that just haven't cracked the code like Netflix does of like, we can do anything we want. And there's always somebody who wants fame bad enough to do it. Like, it's incredible. So that's one of my predictions for this is like places like Netflix are going to somehow dig deeper. Like TL, I think Netflix is bad. And to be fair, Netflix is like, I feel like Netflix went from being the net, like when streaming services like really started taking off, it was like Netflix had a lot of content. We got good shows. There's like house of cards. Um, I'm blanking for anyone else to name, but there was more consistent, like quality shows. And then, they got into like the content uh, qual- quantity over quality. Uh, and that's kind of where they've stayed for a little bit. And I've watched, I started a few, watched a couple Netflix shows lately. And I'm like, some of their like crime drama types or their like thriller, mystery, conspiracy theory kind of shows. And it's like, they all fall off so hard. They, they really like aren't well written enough uh, or acted enough to like even suspend reality for a moment to just buy into some weak premises for the sake of pushing the plot. Like they're bad. Like I watched the night agent and that was, I've been pretty good at like not finishing shows when they're trash. Um, mm-hmm. And I somehow ended up watching that whole thing, just hating every second of it. And like sitting there alone, uh, criticizing the direction and the plausibility of all of it. And, um, and then like, I still like, I feel like most nights I'm like, well, that I sit down to watch something. I like check Netflix and scroll through a ton of shit and be like, there's, there's not, there's nothing. And I feel like they're just going to dig themselves deeper in that hole. where like a few times a year. Uh, they have like these like shining stars that drop and it, it, that's what keeps people really on Netflix. But then it's just like, uh, it's like, quality like i'm guessing that's the connection you're making anyway but just quality content uh on par with what we were getting from reality tv during the writer's strike where it's like just keep turning exactly. it out turn it out because these people are going to keep watching it because they're just mindless drones with nothing else to do or just it, people habits are hard to change like it's not even that it's just they're going to do everything they can to try to promote any of these new shows that they're creating and 95 percent like- of people just watch shows with their cell phones in their hands now anyway and it's great, like cell phone in your hand television. <laughs> I can't stick with them anymore. Like I, I feel like ru- movies are almost ruined for me at this point because most of them are so like paper thin and not good. Yeah, I don't know. I've watched a few lately that I thought were decent, but they're mostly older movies. Well, I think but, it's. Uh, I think that's always been the case, though. It's just that you know, it's what survivorship bias. You remember the good movies that were old, but like you can go through the DVD bin in 2005 at your local Walmart. And like, there's so many trashy comedies that just aren't made anymore. Like nobody. The Scorpion King was great. Don't you say otherwise. Well, that was a blockbuster. I'm not, no, I'm not even talking <laughs> like 
that somehow was very successful. God, so bad. Yeah, there was plenty <laughs> of bad movies. Back I then. mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the Scorpion King, The Rock might not be the president of the United States in 2036 or whatever. You know, you got to think oh about God, it. God, kill me. I hate The Rock. It, the only thing that would be worse <laughs> would be the the rock and a Matthew McConaughey double ticket. <laughs> the most nothing that has ever been said by two of the friendliest guys. I think it's safe to say I've <laughs> only one guy just smoking a cigarette like backwards and the other guy being like, Guess how many eggs I ate today? <laughs> I may have only seen one movie with the rock in it, and that would what? have been when I went to see Jumanji with my foster son and I slept through all of it. So almost all of it. So I don't think I can even count it as seeing it, but you hasn't seen fast five. I haven't seen or... a fast anything. Oh, we've oh. had this conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's I've, too late I've... for us. We can't do it. <laughs> you, you blacked it out. I would, if it wasn't already done on a podcast, um, I'd watch them all and talk about it, but that's already been done. So it's not worth, uh, it's not worth trying. We could do that with Seventh Heaven if you guys want to go and like rewatch all of Seventh Heaven and talk about I it. I haven't watched it for the first oh, time. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I just keep seeing these clips floating around of it seeming like the most ridiculous television show with like the craziest, most like blown out of proportion plots where you're that are basically like a one hour conversation with your teenager about how to make better choices turned into like the end of all the end of everything the end of the world it's like way overdone and uh it's funny it seems comical now and i i feel like committing to like watching more than like a few episodes would be a waste but could maybe like we should just watch the pilot of a bunch of old ridiculous like television shows I wish there was more christian television like we had what were like christian television on like cable was like uh touched by an angel was one um like is there any others other than like touched by an angel and then no not really yeah i, I didn't have television okay. growing up so i would have missed How about anything. like a modern take on mcgee and me where he's like oh, it's that the same dope. dude but he's like a a 50 something pudgy and the schizophrenia has guy. not gone away <laughs> It's basically it's just like, like Shutter Island, but with the, McGee <laughs> on his way to like storm the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> I have a okay. Oh, what okay? How about this for a reality show? Okay, there's a lot of conservative pundits that are out of work right now. So, okay, what if we get as many of them as possible? In it? And I want the I want the all stars. So we get Tucker. Yeah. Okay. We get Stephen Crowder. Um, he's not out of a job yet, right? He signed with Rumble, I think, just he's recently. Out of a... so... Oh, ru- yeah, Rumble. Rumble is but, yeah, where he... morons go to die. Right, he didn't get where, the $50 Moran million. Where... Dollar... Rumble's where morons go and like, fade into obscurity, I think. Yeah, he didn't get the $50 million Daily Wire contract because he called it slavery. Yeah. Uh, and the Daily Wire, <laughs> who I don't love, they have slightly more ethics. Like, it, the bar is really low. Theirs is slightly higher than his where they're like this. This is not, in fact, slavery. Like this is actually a pretty generous deal compared to what we normally do. And it is no longer available. OK, but we OK, so then, OK, we get Crowder. We get we got to get Shapiro in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I want Jesse Lee Peterson. That's a must for me. Oh, yeah. 
That guy would be perfect for reality <laughs> television. Even if it's not uh, just, even if you're a going a different kids. angle, you don't even need to do this conservative angle. Put, put Jesse Lee Peterson on anything, and it'll be better. Everything. If it's a reality show, it's better with Jesse Lee Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna like fondle somebody's feet at night or something like. Yeah, that. yeah. Tickle so what is the reality show? So Jordan Peterson have, well, should also be on this. Okay. I want to see Jordan this murderer's row. This murderer's row of right wing thought leaders. What are you gonna do with them? Think human okay. centipede. Kind of similar to the the uh, the hot too hot to handle or whatever. Is that what it's called? Yeah, too hot to handle. Yep. Okay, so we put heart monitors on these guys, and we got to put a big nut out there for them. So it's got to be like. I don't know, let's say $10 million is the grand prize, okay? But they've all got a heart monitor on, and it, it monitors where their BPMs are at all times. And then we make them do menial tasks together. Like, they have to, uh, you know, do some landscaping pavers and, uh, you know, rewire a, a radio in, in an oh, old Oh, I see where this is going. The, like, show us you're a real man. Like, show us what real America is like. Yes. The okay, show do all the tasks that they would chastise young people for not being able to put do, Mike Rowe in there too. Let's get let's get uh failed actor Mike Rowe in there to pretend like he can do some dirty jobs. <laughs> sure, get them all in. They have to work together on these menial tasks, right? And every time their BPMs go over like 120, it starts ticking away money at the grand prize. And every dollar that ticks off of that 10 million total goes to like the antifa training budget oh so they don't just reduce their prize <laughs> money they put it into a fake charity called the antifa training budget <laughs> yeah yeah we just give it to that blm lady that's going to jail whatever that... just something that they really won't enjoy i i like that maybe it goes to but it needs to be something more innocuous because like you know that's clearly ridiculous it should be something like um something plausible like it it what helps uh Bill and Melinda Gates parents. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Something that like is on the surface very generic, and they're gonna have to fight the whole time to not repeat their Alex Jones nonsense about it of like, sure, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's fine. Yeah, the Clinton Foundation. We do a different one for every episode, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's like the chari charity of the week. They have to complete these challenges while money's going to charity of the week. It's like, don't get riled up. Don't scream or, you know, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly needs to be on this. Then you're funding the next color revolution in Eastern Europe. Is Bill O'Reilly still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. It was he's Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh died. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. You had me confused yeah, there for a moment. I was like, damn, did I miss the Bill O'Reilly death? Shit. I'm, I am looking forward to it. Not that I looked forward to Rush Limbaugh's death. I want to be very clear, like. But I enjoyed a lot of the material that came out of it very much. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's not like I was cheering that the guy died, but I had a pretty good afternoon looking at those memes. <laughs> yeah, there was some solid ones in there for sure. And I feel like we're going to get similar stuff out of uh, out of probably Tucker Carlson, too. He's made so many confused, bewildered faces, like while looking at like green M&M, not sexy enough, question mark. That like I feel like the meme stuff has been solidified for a generation. Like until people stop saying the dude's name, period, he's going to be memeable. I don't know. There's potential here. There's potential. Here. I see it. I I could see it. I think we. You got to make the state. You got to 
make the stakes, not stakes higher, but um, whatever the jobs are, whatever the, I mean, maybe in some episodes you just like make them listen to AOC for 15 minutes. And if they say anything, then they lose money. Um, just, or cause maybe, I mean, maybe they could like rake some leaves and not get too bad out of shape, but like if they're doing okay, um, you know, you just like send some Mexicans across the street to rake some lawns and then see what they say, like about, you know, what's happening in the neighborhood or people stealing jobs and shit like that. So, I mean, you could, you got to find ways to just like throw in some little things to like really up the stakes for them if they're, if they're keeping their cool too easily, you know, you're going to make it challenging. Make them work in the sweltering heat. And then the only hydration is just a big cooler of Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) But just, it's like, it's it's got to be like the cans with like the trans the pride the pride stuff. cans oh is a pride i thought it was I, like the I, trans flag or pride flag whatever oh, i don't know but it has to they have to drink out of those otherwise they won't they won't see red they won't be they won't be triggered they're working hot, like barefoot on hot asphalt and the only shoes that we give them are like Colin Kaepernick edition Nike's yeah <laughs> To be uh, fair, so we could play this game could be turns. pretty funny depending like with and you could just uh you could if you're trying to make money, I could easily write the flip side of this and throw it on like seven PM on Newsmax. You know what I mean? It'd be easy as shit. Oh yeah, but that would that one is already like let's yeah. I feel like that's too easy fodder. That's something people already think is happening of like you couldn't give these weenie liberals like a job doing anything real and they just fall apart. Forget all like manufacturing in any blue states, whatever. No, it would be like like finding liberal. I say like you have to sit through a dinner with your father and listen to his racist rants. Like, would... <laughs> okay, all right, all right, yeah, I get it. Like this challenge is family reunion. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. have to bring a date from another ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, you, oh man, you let them pick. You're like, which one do you think you're going to get away with with your family well enough? Like, we have. A Hispanic guy who does not speak English as his first language. We have a guy who's just from Africa, but he looks kind of white. South so, Africa. It's like right, well, your uh... family know which part of Africa is he from? Just not sure how much to be upset. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's oh no, you man. could you could do a fun game with this either way. One might um not land so smoothly uh for some people, but <laughs> well, time to introduce our guest. Yeah, our guest this week is our new friend Angelo from a lovely band called Mighty. Uh, we've been connected with Angelo for a little bit. He joined our Discord. We've been chatting on Instagram. He's an awesome guy, uh, and we wanted to uh, we wanted to have you guys get to know him too. Um, his band is uh, releasing music now. Uh, they've been doing a bunch of singles. We didn't get too in the weeds on it, um, but. Basically, they were set to release an album with a label. Uh, some shit happened, and that it, they got they got dropped from it um, last minute, right before their album was about to come out. Uh, big frustrating bummer. Uh, but Angelo's awesome. Uh, he's definitely like excited about putting the music out. It's it's. I'm glad they are. It's great. Uh, I got a chance to listen to. Uh, the album that they're releasing. So they're putting out like a song a month for a while. Uh, you can stream it on Spotify and you can also find it on Bandcamp. Uh, and you can just uh, go ahead and give them a follow on uh, Instagram at Mighty the Band and follow them and see what they've got going on. But 
Uh, we had a great time hanging out with Angelo. And uh, if you join our Discord, you can uh, hang out with all of us together and see all the fun conversations we have. I introduced him as a uh, NASCAR enthusiast because he's been posting a lot about going to a bunch of NASCAR events. And he's actually piqued my curiosity into something that would probably be a slight culture shock for me if I went. But it does seem like a great time. And uh, I was sold after finding out that you don't have to buy beer there. You can just bring in your own. So, oh, I'm a, Sam, you don't know about NASCAR. I'm, big, oh, I'm a big fan of any sport that lets you bring in your your own beer. So, <laughs> well, if you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it and share it with a friend. We appreciate that. And like Sam said, the Discord is the place to be. You can find a link to that in our link tree uh, on our Instagram profile. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Angelo of Mighty. Hey, everybody. We are back with our guest and NASCAR enthusiast, Angelo Fioretti. That's what you want to be known for, right? Is your NASCAR enthusiasm? It's, it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I, and I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank, it's thank been you fun, man. Noticing. You've been so for the listeners, um, Angelo will uh he's been in our Discord for a little bit now and he's we've been going back and forth about NASCAR because that's a world I have no familiarity with. And for the first time in my life, I'm like it's I feel like it's piqued my curiosity as possibly something fun to do and not just make fun of as a New Englander. So yeah. <laughs> They're appreciated. fun to go to. Uh, that's They're what it seems like. It seems fun. Dude. How much are beers there? Uh, oh, oh, let me tell you. You can just bring <laughs> in a cooler of your own beer. Oh, God. You don't got I love beer. this sport. It's I didn't realize how much I loved NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the greatest sport in America, maybe in the world. And, uh, you know, there's some things that you have to get past culturally a little bit. Honestly, it's not that bad. Talladega and Daytona, two of like the biggest races, both of those were some of the most diverse sporting event crowds that I've ever seen in my life, um, which is massively say. surprising and and so yeah. fucking cool to see. Like it's, it's yeah, I really feel like cool. just being there is what like because. I mean, you know, conceptually that everything's driving fast, but I feel like actually experiencing it would be like, that's when it would seem like, oh, wow, this is incredibly impressive. And you know it, but being there feels like it would make a big difference. It, it is. Yeah, just be, like the sound. The yeah, you need to hear. Like the sound and the feeling, the bass and stuff as the as the cars go by, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, the coolest like race thing that I've ever gotten to go to was uh, well, I went to a couple of Moto GPs, which was pretty cool to watch. I was a big motocross guy back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was fun to watch. I actually um, then uh, what World of Outlaws? Do you know what that is? The I I live track. Yeah, dude, I live uh, like ten minutes away from Lernerville Speedway in Pennsylvania, and it's one of the places that like started that and that is my like Friday night bar because the beer is like so much cheaper than any bar around. So I'm like, (laughs) dude, I'll pay, I'll pay 15 bucks to get in, watch some dudes run around on a dirt track and drink a bunch of like 
$1.50 cans of bush. <laughs> it's perfect. And do, and do the best people watching in the world. Like dirt track people, that's a different breed. It's wild. Yeah. It, yeah, it's... That's some uh, grubs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're like... They're the... Go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just, these are, they're people who, like, they're outdoor laborers who work, like, 12-hour shifts and they have no interest in cleaning up or showering before they hit the bar. Yeah, there's, um, it's, and also you do not see those people until they go there. Like they are really coming out of the sticks and that's the only time you will see them in public other than like on their construction (laughs) job. And it's like, holy shit, man. Like you don't, you've never groomed yourself and I'm not really one to talk, but damn. (laughs) (laughs) these are like uh like meth binge you know work six days straight of construction and then disappear for two weeks after you get your paycheck like that's the crowd yeah like osha's (laughs) worst nightmare type of people (laughs) (laughs) meth is uh that's a fun one we could go down a rabbit hole of meth i only knew one person who got addicted to meth and when we were in college and only one that was yeah, only one. And that was a bad spiral to watch. I uh, I guess I actually knew more than one, but um, the other one I knew I never saw during that time. But, oh, man, that is not a fun spiral to see somebody go down. Just slippery. Like, slope. I it's, didn't realize it was possible to stay up so long and then like sleep for so long without actually being dead. Like they defy the odds of living. It's incredible, really. Dude, I've, I've, I've worked with a few people like they, you know, they got off it and, and they're telling me about it. And like, they're like, dude, after like four days, you start seeing shadow people. Like you, he's like, I walked in, like I'm walking through my trailer and I look into my bedroom and there's like a whole orgy going on in my bedroom. And, and I'm like, what the fuck are you people doing in there? And like, they just all look over at me and like, then go back to what they're doing. And then you realize there's nobody there. Very weird. What, Very what do they call that guy? What do they call that guy? The hat man that people see? What, Slender Man? Oh, like, uh, uh, it's, no, it's not Slender Man. It's, um, it's like man. a guy in a big, in a wide brim hat. Yeah, with the red eyes or whatever. A lot of people see. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh, I, they just, I just the know, like, the I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the boogeyman. I do like how... Meth people that smoke meth, like their teeth rot, but they kind of rot in the same way that like a popsicle stick melts to where they, oh, like, it's their teeth don't just it's... fall out. They, yeah, you get it like dissolves. the piano key teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it dissolves. <laughs> yeah, it dissolves. You get like, uh, what was it, the crocodile dentist game when you were a kid? If you push in like every other it, tooth, you. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the Fun kind of that. teeth tooth decay. Yeah, you still got the stems in there. They're just gone after a certain certain while. You know. Yeah, and there's always I'm really trying to remember one the misplaced one. It's like all gums, but they just still have that one hanging on. It's, it's definitely not white. white. No, no, no. You see <laughs> the people who it's like, why is it so white? What happened to the other ones? <laughs> you, you're staring at the core. Honestly, yeah. It's like there's something in there. Holy shit. 
<laughs> That's the innermost ring of the gobstopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many it's licks safe. does it get Wait, to the center? All it takes is like a drink of like cold water to make him pass out. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> just or washes over all the nerve endings. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's making my mouth hurt. I know, I'm in pain thinking about it. <laughs> Let's move off this subject. <laughs> well, now that we've talked about NASCAR and meth, let's get into get your life story. Like growing up, method, and hope it, ho- <laughs> and hope it doesn't include the latter, uh, but. Yeah. So, okay. Your life story, man. Let's, uh, you're, you said you're in Pennsylvania now. What's, uh, yeah. Where, where are you from originally? Uh, originally Pennsylvania. Um, okay. so I grew up here, uh, ended up at like, I think 17, no, probably 18, no, 17. Cause I was still right around there moving to Georgia, um, and Atlanta. Uh, right, because I I let I ended up leaving my school, doing a charter school and working, uh, okay. moving to Georgia, and I lived there until right when COVID started, and then I actually came back up to here. Oh, um, just there's nothing to do during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why not? Yeah, go back and see the family. <laughs> what yeah, part so of Pennsylvania? Uh, right around Pittsburgh. I was gonna guess that you were a Pittsburgh guy. Why is that? I don't know. You have a <laughs> Pittsburgh aesthetic. It yeah, it's <laughs> that not meant to be a slam or anything. No, no, real thing. Like we were, because uh, I was living in Georgia for so long, and like everyone was like, I had a type of fashion that like it was just what I was doing, and I didn't. I like yeah, I'm just dressing the way I do, and then like we end up finally like the first time that my band played in Pittsburgh. They meet all my friends from here and they're like, oh, now we get it. Like, why do you guys dress like that? <laughs> it's a dirt dirt it's, track chic. It's it's really like a dirt track carpenter chic. Um, it's, yeah. it's something else. Even even if they're like none of my friends are even into that shit and they're still like they still look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the look. It's funny, yeah. like. Uh, like Massachusetts, right? Where I, I feel every hardcore kid had only ever worn basketball shorts, you know, it doesn't matter the time of the year. <laughs> it's just like you exclusively live in basketball shorts. It doesn't matter. In Massachusetts, that was the thing for yeah, hardcore yeah. kids. Yeah. Wow. It's, I, I, I mean, I, I would venture to guess it's that or cargo. There's cargo shorts too, but, um, yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, I, that always blew my mind. I could never go out in public wearing basketball shorts until I was like in my late 20s when I was like, I get, why do I care about anything? What am I doing with Same. my life? Why do I care? I um, was terrified of then, basketball shorts in public, man. Yeah. <laughs> in the same, so in the same exact way. Looks because it's, say, okay, let's take uh, another one, a uh, more recent fashion trend, uh, is joggers, right? I would see people in them and be like, that guy looks cool. It could even be sweatpants. I'm like, that guy looks cool. And then I put them on. I'm like, I look like a piece of shit. I don't believe in myself and I cannot go out in public. like this." (laughs) Yeah. That's your mind. That's, that's like in your mind. It's like, Oh dude, that's that dude's so dope. And I, but you'll never look good in that. (laughs) 
like and yeah. I, I and live I, the same exact existence, man. <laughs> I feel like that happened to me my whole life. I'm like in college, like, wow, that guy looks great. I want to dress like that. And you go to a store and you put it on. You're like, I couldn't make this look worse. <laughs> I have a weird thing of like, uh, I if I'm going out of the house, like, and I I've grown into just going out in sweatpants when I'm going to the grocery store, whatever. But like, I'm like, dude, I can't go commando because what if I get into a fight? <laughs> I can't not. I can't not wear a. Is that belt. a regular problem in your world? I apparently in my mind it is because if I go outside with a belt on, what if I get into a fight? Somebody pulls my pants down along with the underwear issue. What if somebody pulls my pants down and I'm not wearing underwear, uh, dude? Like, best it's, way to avoid considerations. Well, you gotta protect yourself. That's, that's, I, I'm just, it's better to over prepare than to get into a fight and get your wiener shown, you know, in a Walmart. I feel like the best way to avoid a fight is like, if your pants do come down, nobody wants to fight you if they have to take on your dick as well. Hey, there's, a guy that that doing that. You. there's some psycho. Like there was a videos there. rolling around. <laughs> just some dude takes out his dick and it's like, all right, let's go. And nobody wants any yeah. of it. <laughs> There was this guy that was making videos like that where he would go and just kind of like he would just, you know, like instigate a fight with somebody. And he'd be like, be like, dude, you want a piece? You want to go? You want to go? And the guy would get all puffed up and stuff like that, you know, and then he would just like pull off his he'd pull off his shirt and then his pants. And he had like a thong on underneath. Was he doing the reactions were hilarious. Was he doing like the track pants, like pull the whole pants off of your body, or was he like pulling them down I, over his legs? <laughs> I think so. I think it was like full party boy. The breakaways. Dude, yeah, ripping ripping those <laughs> pants off from the top is the way to go. And I wouldn't fuck with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all are like, whoa, 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 wait, it's, what is it? What are you doing? <laughs> You gotta be careful because at some point you'll just get charged with sexual assault, even if you didn't start it. It's just like that's why no you always have, dude. That's why you always have to be wearing underwear. That's part of my yeah. thing. It's like if that is gonna happen, where I have to pull my pants off. First of all, the belt's gonna get in the way. I'm aware of that. That's an issue in my planning. But if I ever have to pull my pants off to get somebody away from fighting me, at least I got the underwear. I'm not gonna get arrested. It's all good. Well, I'm glad you thought. I see all the that wisdom. Out. We can, yeah, I see the wisdom in your approach, and I feel much more confident <laughs> about my choices now. It's almost like you were traumatized as a child and need to plan for every crisis. But <laughs> I've, I've, I've you got your rapture ready. Faster. I am rapture ready for sure. <laughs> I, if I can take my underwear with me and my belt with me, I am rapture ready. <laughs> Which I, I don't. So what think kind of? If you've seen, if you've seen Left Behind, you know that that's not going to happen. You you can't take your belt with you. No, just you can't take your feelings. Plane. Just pile on the plane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> growing up in Pennsylvania, what's your uh, what's your background there? Uh, Christian school, public school. What? Uh, what let's get the uh, let's get the general background here. Uh, public school in a small town. Um, so Christian school, essentially Christian. Yeah, basically, honestly, uh, <laughs> I feel know, like most uh, public schools in small towns turn into that a little bit. 
Yeah, if there's if there's one kid, even if he was like, you're hanging out in the bad crowd, and it's like, hey man, like you know, I think Jake doesn't like believe in God anymore. It's like everyone's like, holy <laughs> shit, like we're really messing up here, and it's like, dude, like brother, you just taste somebody in the hallway beside me. That was a real thing that happened. Um, <clears throat> but legitimately, it, it was that, you know, that was the hallway worst tasings. I, I remember uh, running from a taser in the hallway. We, it was living through jackass in the hallways. Okay. Mostly just <laughs> you, you had a no rules kind of school. <laughs> Well, no, but I mean, taser, you know, it's small taser. It's a, it's the size of a, of a fucking LG Envy or whatever. And a Motorola <laughs> That's when you know it's small town. Yeah, when you have Motorola Razor tasers. <laughs> and it's like, what was the repercussion for that? Suspension, expulsion? I don't know, detention, dude. I got suspended for wearing detention. ripped jeans and refusing to take them off. Well, like, we'll give you the, we'll give you the the uh nurse's pair of pants and i'm like i'm not wearing those wranglers <laughs> she's wearing lululemon <laughs> joggers you're just like I, I don't know if i i feel like that's somehow worse than ripped pants though i'll, I'll stick with my uh, ccs skinny jeans thank you very much <laughs> ccs <laughs> what kind of church did you go to uh I would say non-denominational. Um, <clears throat> like I grew up, you know, the entire time I was alive in the church. Uh, and we went to a church that ended up my, so it was in a YMCA and then it moved to a mall down the street from there. And that was awesome. Cause I would just like drive my RC car through the mall, like in the, nobody's there. And that was cool. Uh, and then I don't know what happened, but we left that church. A lot of people left that church. I was too young to realize what that was. Um, and we moved to another church that was in a mall. There was like a satellite location of an actual like uh, brick and mortar church. <clears throat> and I was pretty young, probably fourth, fifth grade. Um and that was like, that was that church from like my whole high school career, you know, on, uh, and I ended up getting that, that was kind of where I learned to like play guitar and all that. Like you get into the worship band, my, my mom, uh, yeah. fantastic singer, um, also writes right now, writes, uh, uh, children's books and devotionals she's published right now through the uh the people who publish the passion translation um she, okay, she's, that's cool yeah she's doing that um and it, it's really neat to see um but yeah so she was always singing on the worship team for as long as i was around and that developed in us like if you want to get in a guitar go do this um so i was doing that <clears throat> for so long and i know like it's funny because i never loved it you know what i mean like i, I never loved it and until it all fell apart <laughs> but you never loved church play like all the whole package playing, you just never playing no it. well i mean playing. no okay. kid no kid loves going to church 
know. Oh, I, I did because I was homeschooled, so I didn't have friends outside of it. I needed that. That was my well, only. Same. All right, all right. My only outlet. So yeah, you uh, like different things about it. Yeah, it, yeah. The yeah, fact that it, I could interact with another human that I wasn't blood related to was right. confusing <laughs> sometimes, even. <laughs> <laughs> like I so doing that and like you know I whatever so doing that for however long and like get involved in the youth group and all that and like youth group trips are super fun and actually I remember one time we were this was before my falling out uh which probably was the start of the end I showed up we did a beach retreat in Delaware and uh and I showed up and I had like, I remember I had like a Blink-182 shirt that I cut. It was a belly shirt, like a cut off the bottom. I had DC shoes shirt <laughs> cut off the bottom. Every single shirt in my suitcase, I cut off the bottom. And I show up and I'm like wearing these belly shirts. And they're like, hey, man, you can't. And I was on the worship team and stuff. Like <laughs> all I have is belly shirts. They're like, you can't be wearing those. I'm like, well, why? I'm like, you just can't. Do you have anything else to change into? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go change right now. I come back out in another <laughs> belly shirt. I don't know how, I don't think I did that more than, more than once until I was like, look, this is all I have. So they were like, okay, we have to be okay with these belly shirts. Um, so that was I love, well, first of all, I appreciate your boldness in you rocking the belly shirts because I feel like that was a, that's another lane that I never, I would have, if I tried it, I would have looked at myself in the mirror and said, you, you can't, you're not, this isn't going to work. So, uh, but I, I'm picturing it. And I I, was a very tiny boy. Okay. I was uh, like, I, 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 it's not even the build for it. I was too small for it. I, there, there's (laughs) like, I, I don't know, but I, I was just like, man, it's summer. This is my summer look, and that's what's going on. And it kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I create a lot of issues for myself with things adjacent to the belly shirts, where it's like, this is not affecting anybody, <laughs> but it does piss everyone off because it's like, why do I? Think <laughs> <of that?"> <laughs> you know, it's funny to think about because they make such a big deal about like women showing their bellies or whatever. But like, you could as a guy, hey, you could always the- wear a tank top, and no one seemed to care. I don't know if anyone cared about tank tops for guys where you were, but it's kind of just like you're literally just like kind of swapping fabric between the torso and the sleeves. It's not I, what you should have done is cut all of your sleeves off and sewed them to the bottom of your shirt. That would have been sick. <laughs> There we Good go. Move. I could have, I could have nixed, like totally nipped that in the butt. But, um, I mean, it, it, but Done then it it's the like, all the, yeah, <laughs> all the girls have to wear a t-shirt. <laughs> at the beach. You, oh, you know nice. what I mean? You like, couldn't oh, even just over their swimsuits. That's no, no. Like it, that, that's the thing. It's like, but you're walking around on a beach with 50,000 other people that have bikinis on. And it's like, I'm sorry, but this just seems like a little bit shameful for the girls who otherwise, if they were at the beach with their families, would not be wearing a T-shirt over their bathing suit. It seems like a a weirder internal issue that that shouldn't really be an issue. Not, it's maybe like, I'm crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's 
that's the same thing that happened with our groups too. Like we, I remember one time doing a water park trip and you know, there's throngs of people there and they're all wearing, you know, all the girls are wearing bikinis and stuff. And all the girls in our group have to wear like tank tops and shorts over their swimsuit. It's just, which is uncomfortable as hell so on a strange. beach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what did there's all of these people around? Like, you stick out like a sore thumb, you know? And I guess that's the point. Yeah, for, Christ. For, for Christ. For Christ! For Christ! How else are you going to let them know you're better than them? Because right. God's always watching, and we don't, we can't have God getting horny watching his daughters. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, if non believers see you there in a bikini, you know, they're going to be like, well, what's different about, about you? You know? Why would I want to do what you do when you just do the same thing as everybody else? That's how it was always explained to us with right. clothing. People will see you're different you- and they'll ask you why. I used to be told people would ask why you're different. Uh, turns out that's not true. No one has once given enough of a shit to ask a stranger why and they dress everybody's like, like a moron. This guy wears like his uh, dockers to play beach volleyball in. I got to know more about him. I want to be That dude's a what? Dude, no, like for real, like I mean, you do watch, you do watch. Uh, weren't they playing uh, volleyball in Top Gun and some jeans? I mean, Alan Jackson, in Top Gun, water skiing and jeans on on in a music video, right? I it's just not... watched that music video, <laughs> yeah, and he obviously did it for Christ. Yeah, there's no other. He was down under on the Chattahoochee serving. Uh huh. Yeah, hotter than a hoochie coochie. Yikes. That's <laughs> so funny. Yikes. I watched that like two weeks ago. That's amazing. <laughs> Talk about a string of words together that just doesn't doesn't feel hey. good today. Uh, maybe it was better then, but it's the you same. You ever lay now, a little rubber on the Georgia asphalt? Been. Do you ever think about how strange it is that your parents were like, like, well, this church obviously has problems. Where are we going to find another mall? I (laughs) honestly, I feel like that the mall was a security blanket that was uh, it was to me. I know that I'm like sick. Another mall. This one's even better. People actually go here. There's a hot topic here. That was. Yes. I'm like, dude, there's Hot Topic. The Holy journeys. Spirits is in this Marvin's right now. Dude, I remember, I, I still remember going into Hot Topic and kind of being like uncomfortable. Still to this day, as a grown man, I will walk into a Hot Topic and kind of be like, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Now it's probably because you're too old to be there. That's probably. Absolutely. The, yeah. I, I feel different like discomfort. I'm. <laughs> I'm a weird old man that is going into a hot topic with a bunch of children's things in it, which do you I remember certainly not geared towards people our age. Do you remember the first shirt you bought from Hot Topic? Um, that would be a Blink One Eighty Two shirt, probably. I I, I would venture yeah. to guess it was it was a gray Blink One Eighty Two shirt, like a spray paint looking the smiley face logo. Uh, I remember your parents first... didn't have any hang up with Blink One Eighty Two. Here's the thing, man. iTunes was nice enough to offer up the edited versions, and that is what I got with my iTunes gift cards. All right. There it is. Good man. That does remind me, like, I remember when I found 
do you guys remember or well not remember i mean they just came out with a new song but say anything yeah um i i actually like, enjoyed their new song yeah it was good and i that being like changed my life in a lot of weird ways and i remember like being like at home in summer and my mom was working and my brother was working i forget how old i was like probably around middle school and i'm like on my space listening to like is a real boy and i remember just like the computer was right by the window and i'm like peeking out the window every once in a while just like making sure my mom wasn't home because i'm that record i was like dude i'm going to hell for listening to this record like and i can't is that the one that had the, i called her on the phone and she touched herself song yeah that, yeah that's that one right yeah yeah i mean and and like i still that record is still like to me it stands up like it it, it yeah. holds the test of time i i don't feel the same way that i did then like it was very heavy for for a dude in puberty to be listening to that but also <laughs> probably the best thing where it's like yes i am this enraged about nothing that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> marks adolescence essentially being enraged yeah. about well depending on who you are you have some things to be enraged about but uh so you that's cool you know you got your blink away two albums you got uh you had got the clean no it was a, it was a boxcar racer album that i a vinyl record that i bought from hot topic that was the first vinyl record that i ever bought was boxcar racer from hot topic sorry <laughs> i haven't heard that name in a long time i still love that shit <laughs> i can't even say i'm familiar and i feel a little i'm feeling a slight amount of shame go listen to it it's it's tom DeLong's solo thing aside from blank not angels and airwaves with travis barker it's a very good record a lot of like hardcore little tinges in it um it's emo as fuck <laughs> nice well now i have two albums i'm definitely gonna listen to tomorrow <laughs> so that you're gonna be sad that and the say anything dude. one yeah i gotta yeah. listen to that i'm gonna throw on that i haven't listened to that say anything album in a really long time so i'm definitely gonna throw that one on oh, and yeah. uh now i gotta you writing it what down was right your, now? Uh, yeah i just put i just i just hit it on on spotify so it's uh <laughs> when i open my phone in the morning to I gotta uh, do it <laughs> Because you know when you open Spotify, it's always the last thing you played, and I'm like, I'm gonna forget. So I, yeah, I already already keyed it in. I'm ready to go tomorrow morning when I'm angry nice. that I'm up and uh, <laughs> can uh, vent through emo music on my way to work. Yeah. So your family were they pretty devout then? I mean, what what's the level? Was it what's the level of seriousness at your house about Christianity? I mean, very, very serious and, but also like, I feel like I grew up in a pretty like level headed home compared to a lot that you hear about, you know, I think that I had like a decent upbringing with it that was not too sheltered. Um, even though like the fear of God will really put the sheltering in you without your parents uh having to try too hard you know <laughs> yeah um, especially right. when you're surrounded with it completely yeah. between church and youth group and things like that right it's constant like they they 
they didn't have to do much work for me to have a rising anxiety of myself, uh, of my eternal life, you know, which was, they, I honestly, great childhood, like I'm amazing. Like I'm, I'm very thankful for, for all of it. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> yeah. That, it's uh, funny. We, we've talked a little bit about how, like, uh, well, actually, before I even say anything like that, did, did your parents, um, were they, did they grow up Christian too? Did they find that, was that something they found after they had kids or right, like in their adulthood? I know that my mom, I believe she grew up Baptist. Um, and I believe she grew up Baptist. Uh, so I was about a Pentecostal, but I think it was Baptist. Um, <clears throat> And then my dad, like, I know that it, it, like, I've never really, I gotta talk to him about what his deal with that, what, where he came to all that. Um, it's like my, my, my dad's a, an amazing dude who's also like, doesn't like kind of reserved uh, about like mm-hmm. that type of thing. But also like, I know there are times like with me growing up with him being like, Hey, is that like, I would honestly kind of be surprised when he was like, Hey, you know, is that what you think God wants you to be doing in your life? I was like, man, I've never heard you really open up and do that, which was meaningful also because it was, it was very much like a, I'm fucking up as a child. And he's just like, dude, get it together. (laughs) Like, which, which, (laughs) which is nice. It may, you know, it makes it, um, very meaningful, You, you know? It's, it's, uh, like my, my parents really gave a shit and and supported me in the absolute best way that, that they could have, you you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I'm forever grateful for that, you know? I think that's cool. I mean, sometimes like the talking about this kind of stuff in these like evangelical circles, sometimes people are a little hard on their parents, I think. Or there's yeah. this idea that like, oh, well, if you're if your parents hadn't taken you to church, you would never have to struggle with like spiritual guilt or anything like that. I don't know that that's the case, you know. I well, mean, yeah. And that's like I hear that a lot because like, <clears throat> you know, like I'm a fan of what you guys do. And like and I like I, I hear like all those stories and stuff and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm sure like 100% I can draw parallels and, and whatever, but ultimately in my view, it's like, I will like, I don't want to blame anyone for where I'm at or how I feel when I know that there's like, I can do something about this and that's not taking away from anybody else's experience or, or whatever. Um, it's just like i don't know i lived a different experience and and i feel about like i feel the way i do about it um but there's definitely like holy shit dude sometimes like you hear those stories that are like how like it's very frustrating to watch somebody trying to do what they think is best for their kid and they're just ruining a childhood yeah. or, or whatever in, in like the name of God. And, and you're like, you're like, dude, this is like borderline evil. 
like lay off and and fucking just let them be okay because they probably are okay you're just projecting this weird thing onto them that they're gonna be like they're gonna be completely lost if you leave if you lose your grasp on them you know and that that shit bothers right. me because i you see that so much yeah definitely i think where some people like uh get i think where some people might have walked away or a cleaner or had an easier break would be like uh and maybe not hold so much resentment or anger towards their family or something is like i if they can leave and they're they feel like their parents still are like their parents that they don't feel like they're constantly juggling. this. like parents are trying to get them back in. They're always trying to talk to them about it and pull It's like dropping those little like quips here and there to let them know that they're worried about their soul or whatever. It, it, that's what I, I'm, I see most people seem to be like, if they change their mind at 17, 18, 19, 20, early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties. And they're, they're, it didn't cause so much tension with their like family relationships. I feel like uh, that would change a lot in how people perceive their upbringing. And of course you could, you'll learn things in church. Like you said, like you'll get plenty of it from the church. You'll get that fear of God and that fear of eternal damnation. Um, but as you move on it, you have that cleaner break and you go, I don't think I even believe in that anymore. If you didn't get that constant reminder from the people who raised you you might feel yeah. a little bit better about how um uh, about where you're at without so much of a challenge and then the other one yeah, i continually see is, making it a wedge yeah, yeah. when people have kids well, yeah. it's like you see when you're when your parents start like thinking that you're not raising your kids right because you're not raising them in the same religious atmosphere that they did and they try to like they start saying things to your kids or and indo- trying to indoctrinate them when they have sleepover or something like that. I'm not speaking from experience. Um, I'm not overly concerned about that my, for myself. I know that like yeah, yeah. some of my family says things and like my kids will stay over my mom's and she'll show them uh, something here or there. And I'm, right. I, I don't, Hopefully I don't it's freak veggie tales. That. Hopefully it's veggie yeah. tales or she's just handing them a fucking POD record. Like that would be yeah. shit. Oh, if my parents, if they had a, a POD record and were like, this is what you're falling asleep to, I would be like, why are we not closer? We need to repair this. We need this better. I, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I, I think that, that it did like... Um, I was always very trying to push away from any type of authority, anything. And I think that, that really what made me have a a like a long like with the type of person that I am I think that what made me have a really like a pretty healthy like a very healthy long-lasting relationship with my parents even if I would not agree with whatever um their views on whatever are is the fact that like I just got the fuck away from everything um and went out on my own like as soon as i could and Mm -hmm. also like it blows my mind like they handled me like so i i was they handled this issue so well where like i I was a big part of my church um and like going through high school and stuff and and like 
on the worship team every Sunday, playing in the youth group every Sunday night or Wednesday or whatever. And, and, um, <clears throat> and like, so I, I'll get into that, I guess. We're like, I'm getting older and I'm like, there's, I have these friend like a couple, like two friends in the youth group where it's like, man, like we can hang out at this person's parents' house and like drink or whatever. And I was already like, okay smoking cigarettes and like and then i'm so we're like doing this it's not destructive at all like we're just like hanging out there like having a couple beers when you're that age you're getting shit faced (laughs) of a couple beers (laughs) but um (laughs) so it was like pretty heavy but um uh and then you go into like the small groups and youth group and when everyone's like hey uh, you know, what can you do to, you know, better yourself and get closer to God? I'm like, well, like everyone's like, oh, I can read my Bible more. I can read my Bible more. And, it, and that pissed me off because I'm just like straight up. I'm like, well, I could stop drinking. I could stop smoking. I could like, y- y- you know, all this stuff, like I could not be smoking weed. And then like that's going on for a while where I'm just like open about it because like, what is the point of what we're doing if I'm not open about my struggles and we can't be open about it with that, with everyone, you know, like, cause it's in, yeah. aren't all the kids around me doing like probably the all same that? thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, they're all public school kids, you know, it's like, they don't, don't, give me that act like I never wanted that and and so like then like a while goes by and like the worship pastor who like I was like family with this guy like adored this dude he ends up calling me and he's like hey man like are you like he's like I hate having to make this phone call but he's like are you smoking cigarettes I'm like yeah it's like are you drinking? Like, yes. Like I, yeah. Like I'm, I'm telling you people that I'm like trusting everyone <laughs> with this kind con- like, I'm not telling my parents, but like, I'm, it's like, you know, like patient confidentiality type shit <laughs> where I'm like guessing is like right. that in the church, you know? And, and like all that stuff, he's like, man, like can't be on the worship team anymore. And he's like, you got to tell your parents. Are you serious? You gotta tell your parents. You gotta tell your parents. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, because you're not gonna be on the worship team. And then I'm gonna have, like, they're gonna be asking me, like, hey, why isn't my kid on the worship team anymore? And, like, either you tell them or I do. And so, like, I told my parents. And (laughs) and it turns out the church doesn't have a code of ethics for that stuff. (laughs) No, no, that's the weird thing that you find out, you know. Um, I didn't see that one coming in my contract, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, and, and like, you know, my parents handled it really cool. And I was like, I was like, honestly, like when I had already told my mom, like, I was like, Hey, like, just so you know, like, I'm like, I've been drinking over at this place. Like, I'm going to cut that shit out. I'm going to stop like, you know, I'm like 16. I'm like, I, I don't really, I need to do better whatever and she's like man like just like thanks for telling me that that like dope like praying for you 
awesome. Like she handled it amazingly. And so like they already yeah. knew like I'm just being a teenager, you know. And so that like that was all right. And then like the worship pastor had a meeting with me about like getting better. And and I'm like, dude, I'm fine. Like I'm a teenager, like I'm like it's all good. Like I'm not spiraling out of control. Like I don't have any like massive trauma that I'm like self-medicating myself through like you know what i mean and and then i was like i was like what about like because you're like kicking me out of this shit and like sadly i was narking on people but i'm like (laughs) honestly now i now i look back out on it and i'm like i'm like no i should have done that where it's like it's like dude like this dude on your worship team who's 21 is dating a girl my age and he's a staff member in the youth group what the fuck is that all about? And he's like, "Oh no, 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 that's not that's not happening." Like, oh god, I'm like, yeah, that's something legitimately worth leg- telling on. Legit- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like he's like, "No, that's not happening." Like, he's like, he's like, "Look, like, all whatever." They have some fucking app that sends all of his text messages to him, and I'm like, "Dude, I know that's not real because my girlfriend is best friends with this girl, and she accidentally." texts her instead of him so she sees the weird shit that they're doing like it's i know that this is going on and you're not getting their messages like you are not seeing what's happening like also that's a a wildly intrusive form of software for church leadership we do you remember we received your text messages jesus christ well, it was that is so consensual. Weird. It was a consensual receiving of the text messages, but they weren't getting them. So it's yeah. like I don't know. I don't know. Like it's just weird <laughs> as hell. Like why do you need it in the first place? Like is this a dude like lying or not? Is he like just I don't know. I I don't even know how to deal with the mental gymnastics that you have to go through to do that. But um, dude, like. So I just like got up and he's like, I'd really like to meet with you like once a week. And like, you know, maybe you can play on the worship team again. I'm like, dude, fuck this. I got a band. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't need this. I didn't really love this in the first place. I just like being around all you people. Cause you were really nice to me until now. And <laughs> like, until now, really. Um, and then like, so I, I, my girlfriend at the time, she was like really big. Do you guys uh, know about like Relay for Life, the cancer like track walk thing? It's basically like a no. yeah, yes, I, yeah. I think I'm familiar with it. It's like you get like a school's like track, like walking or running track. Like you get like you get oh, yeah. sponsors. You you know how many laps you run. This is how much money you make or whatever and like she was she ran a team for that every year and it kind of like the youth group kind of became her team but it was really like her running and doing all the shit and I was like I'm out of the church but I'm still helping her out like setting up the tent like all this stuff and then uh and like all the church people come in and like do all this stuff and like the guy who was 21 dating the 16 year old like they're obviously like macking on each other and i remember like as a dumb 16 year old kid i'm like make a facebook post where i'm like man i'm really disappointed in 
the church staff and like them like just ignoring a blatant issue and like all this stuff. And then the youth Ooh. pastor saw it. I had like I had like ran off with some friends, like just like messing around on a playground or whatever. And the church, the youth pastor saw that and was like and started screaming at my girlfriend at the time. And she and he's like, You where is Angelo? You gotta get him back here like you you like you uh, we need to talk to him like all this stuff like losing his shit and this was something that i kind of found happen regularly with this dude uh was definitely not a guy who should be in that place of power over children basically um and so she ends up finding me like sobbing um it was like we gotta get out of here like and it's her deal like this is her like thing that she does and she loves doing it and like we end up leaving and going back to her house like she talks me out of going back and like talking to this dude which i still to this day i wish i did because i was like dude you're fucked up like even then i was like i'm ready to go like this is yeah fuck unbelievably fucked up how you're acting you should have fought him and made sure you were wearing your belt when you went back i know that's what you (laughs) You missed a I great know. opportunity like, to go home and get set up and go wearing, home. I, I was literally wearing a leather belt that I remember vividly. It was a very nice belt and probably some Hanes. Yeah. You had, it was Hanes. You had no excuse. Honestly, I'm disappointed in you. I, your and loins were yeah, start parading you like your old youth pastor. I. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then, like, so, like, we leave, honestly, probably for the better. But it still just, like, bums me out that I'm like, dude, like, this guy just, like, screamed at a child who was, like, yeah. only doing a good Over thing. something. And why why was something he protecting this guy the way he was? Well, that's... The, do you like, think that he honestly thought reasons. that it wasn't happening? Or do you think that, like, he was cool with it and he thought well, it was, like, nobody's business? Well, I think like, that this dude business. straight up, like, had some, like weird ass egomania shit like i don't know like dude i have no idea like i still can't because basically after that point i was like i'm done with this shit and and they're like wow so while they're like trying to find me i guess this one dude not this one dude the dude who was dating the girl uh who was my age who like he was he straight up said he was like he's like you know i don't i they're they're like angelo needs to go out he needs to drive home and he's like i don't think that angelo should drive home i'm pretty sure he's on acid right now cool just straight just just was like i'm pretty sure this dude's on acid and i'm like okay I mean, why would he I say something so accusatory towards me? Right, and I'm like, I don't even know where to get acid. Like, I, like I've never, you know. So that was insane. That was, and that was also like kind of heartbreaking to me because, like, even though I didn't realize how wrong what was going on with like this dude was, but like I, that dude was a guy who was like into cool music really good at the drums like all this shit like i i like looked up to that dude and like after i heard that i was like dude fuck this guy and so i never came back until like i met with that youth pastor and was like straight up like hey dude like i'm leaving the church like this is all terrible um because i'm still trying to leave on like good terms like i don't want to be an asshole yeah and 
I gave a shit that much. And and he's like, Well, what what church are you going to? Where are you gonna where are you gonna find a church? And I'm like what a dick. I like yeah, like dude, fuck off. But but I luckily had an answer. Um because I was like, well, like I told everyone for the past how many years, I'm moving to Atlanta. And I was like, there's Buckhead Church down there that is Andy Stanley's church. Because I grew up focused on the family kid. Yeah, and, okay. And so, like, I love Charles Stanley growing up. Like, I listening to the tapes in the car with my mom. And so I'm like, dude, I'm going to go Andy Stanley. Younger Charles Stanley. This is going to be great. And he ended up, like, calling my mom and being like, do you know that Angelo says that he's going to be moving to Atlanta? And she's like, yeah, he's been talking about this for years. Oh like, my so God. I, re- I realized like, it's like you people only gave a fuck to listen to me when you didn't like what I was saying. And that's like incredibly like traumatic and heartbreaking to a kid who like, you were all my family. And then I have this sudden realization that you truly never gave a shit in the slightest until it was fucking up your day. Yeah. It's, you know? they love the status quo. I feel like I, I never got into shit at church, but like I was the, the, the best kids, the ones who were there who showed up and wanted to like invest and be involved are the ones that kind of flew under the radar because no one had to worry about them. Like in, in church, in youth ministry, quote unquote, you're like kind of in the business of damage control because teens just fuck off. And you're like, so the yeah. ones who are good are like, you're just there and you're like, you. there's always that like lack of investment in them to a degree because you, you can rely on them to be the kids you need them to be. And it's like the ones well, who are out fucking up are the ones that are that's that's who you sh- you're preaching to really the ones who are fucking yeah. up and that's the kids who honestly probably care like the other ones are the kids who say how can i do better this week well i can read my bible more it's like well no you're not gonna fucking do that because you're a teenager first yeah. of all and like yeah. and like come up with a better answer dude like you know your day-to-day life like everyone knows that you have a day-to-day life other than this church so talk about that shit and like make it I don't know. Like I, I, I got really fed up with the lack of reality in the community at a, at a young age where I'm like, dude, like I know all of you people have a life outside of this. And if you don't, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's like the, the protectionist like impulses of, of those church groups is really strange. Cause it's like the whole idea is to reach out to young people and, you know, help instill values and things like that in them and make good choices and whatnot. But like, yeah, if, if all of a sudden you as a, as a, as a kid start talking a little too frankly about what you're going through and stuff now, all of a sudden, like you're a liability to the other kids. I have to protect them from your influence. Yeah. And and that's, it just shuts down communication. Like, and, and that's that's the same with like purity culture and everything, you know? Exactly. And that that's why I went back to have a meeting with that youth pastor because I was like, fuck, I'm sorry that I might be a mark on this church that makes some parent be like, no, I can't send my kid there because that Angelo kid was there. I was like, I'm so sorry. 
I got to leave because I don't want that to be your issue. And like, that's insane. Like you shouldn't No, no kid should have to do that. And then, and like, he's just I've, like stone cold, like staring at me. Like he's just pissed off at me that I'm apologizing. You, and you that's know, that's like, the other problem too, is like the guys that are in those roles are so it's like not seeing the forest through the trees. Like, you get so engulfed in that community and in that, you know, culture that like, you know, you, you lose the plot. The plot of, of it is, you know, hey, well, ask so-and-so's drinking and doing all these things that we don't think are a good idea or that are dangerous. Like, let me ask him why he's doing those things or what what makes him feel like he needs to do those things. And, you know, maybe there's something right. more there. Instead, it's just like drinking bad. We have to stop the drinking. If you don't stop the drinking, then you can't be here because right. the other kids might do drinking. And that's and this place is so much more fun than hanging out with your friends and drinking. So, I mean, wait your options, guy. <laughs> you know who doesn't drink? The pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never a drink in his life. And it's it's dude, such and like run of the mill crap, too, for teenagers. Like that's the, that's what's hilarious it about is, it too dude. is that like everybody's doing that stuff. So like, why are yeah. we acting as if this is like a an abomination? Right. Where is this? Where is the surprise? And why are you scared? You know, yeah. like why why are you so in fear about some kid who's acting exactly like every other kid is going to act? Because they treat every sin. With the the answer to all of it is abstinence. Abstinence isn't just like about sexual things. Abstinence no. is everything. And if you can't right. practice abstinence, like they don't practice, like they don't talk about management. It's only it's like don't do this ever. And if you did it, never do it again. And like if you can't do that, we're not going to talk about like, well, let's see if we can figure out why you're doing that, and maybe we can like help you cut down on that or whatever, like. It's it's purity at all costs, or else you have to go. Right, and and, I, and, that's and it's the, also that's good. It's Sorry. the um, it, no, it, you're fine. It's it's what you were talking about before, though. Is like you're it, they criminalize like honesty and like being an authentic person, and that's where that that's where the reinforcement of just being like a fake ass bitch in church comes from. Is like, well, I was honest. And this is where honesty got me. And that's supposedly what they want because authenticity is like, I mean, it's only the, it's like the groundwork you start there and there's only up. Uh, but like anyone else who's just kind of playing the game and doing their own bullshit on the weekends, it's like, you're, you're, you're fine with that because then you don't have to manage it. Like it, again, it's damage control in youth ministry you as long as the other people don't know that's what's going on or you don't know you have plausible deniability and you don't have to like fucking ruffle your feathers you can even for me like in what i do for work it's like as uh, an adjustment counselor i'm like the days that kids say things to me that make me go fuck i have to look into this because i might have to file a 51a like those are the worst days that i have because i'm like that's the last thing anybody actually wants to do is like it look into like what's wrong and where the problems are uh, and then deal with it. But the church has like a, you know, an ineffective way of doing that is like, we don't want to look into it because if it's not, and 
it's like the hear no evil, see no evil nonsense. If if we don't look yes. into it and we don't know it exists and we have plausible deniability, then we then we get to keep this facade. And I don't even think they believe it's a facade. I think they convince themselves of like their perception is reality. And it's like we get to just be we this gets to be what it's expected to be and what we're told you're a perfect should be yeah you're you're a perfect island and and it's like if if you really want like the church to grow or whatever and and be a more welcoming place to people outside it or or like some people like me like you really need to reevaluate your shit and how you handle reality and and like fuck like small groups start drinking like you you have you have your you you have your sunday night or weekly small group drink and 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 don't like stop like like i don't know you'll get more honesty that's for sure you'll get more honesty and like i don't know there there's so many like uh like i feel like americanized made-up rules within that religion that that are detrimental to it because it's just like well some prude was like well i don't like hearing that word and it's like well it doesn't say anywhere in the bible that you can't say that word like you know with like whatever you know what i mean where i'm like like after a while i realized like i'm like there's nowhere in the bible that says that i can't say fuck like this isn't a thing yeah like they default to well you need to stay away from the appearance of evil it's like vague. And so you made it the appearance of evil. Like there's so yeah. much stuff that it's like you you made this what it is. You chose this to be evil. The Bible never said this. Jesus never said this. So why are we cracking down on a bunch of shit that doesn't really matter and making people feel bad, like feeling shame so much? Because that's like that's the I, I feel like the hardest thing with like trauma of like bad situations in church is shame that is like absolutely unnecessary shame and shame that is not real. Like, 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 I don't know. It's, like, it's manufactured. It's manufactured. Yeah. It's like being ga- it's, it's gaslighting basically. It's, right. Yeah, it's it unnecessary pressure. Yep. And, like, I always talk no... about that in regards to like when, April and I were dating, you know, that's one of the few things that like upsets me about all the like church stuff is that were you dating? We we dated for several years. Well, we were in Christian college and we were both still pretty serious about it at the time and stuff. And like, you guys went to Liberty. We added all this extra pressure. What's that? Yeah, I bet you, you guys went to Liberty, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, God Casey bless. cut his right hand off after he grabbed his uh, wife no, and I, girlfriend's boob. And he I, had I, to. I, I, I bet, yeah. I, I, I saw it's not there. This is a prosthetic made of baloney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, dude. I don't I don't know, man. It's it's I think and you know, like that's a that's a sickness that's at the core of why so many people have left it, I think, at this point, because I think that that idea, like those, that facade that I was operating under, you know, pretending to be what I thought I was supposed to be and stuff is at the core of why I never felt like at home there or why I never felt like I was getting the same thing out of it as everybody else around me. 
is because, you know, nobody was really being super honest about where they were at and what they were feeling and stuff. So you just feel like everybody around you is doing well and like getting all of this stuff out of the, their experience there. And you're kind Meanwhile, of like, you're not growing. Imposter. You're just stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. You're a stagnant imposter. And it's like, I, that's the thing you start. I, I feel like you stay in that type of environment long enough. Like in a way you're kind of, believing that you're a piece of shit constantly and like why am i not growing and like you're lying to yourself because like if it is what they say that it is like you shouldn't be doing that to yourself and you're fucking fine the way that you are and you should be accepting yourself the way that you are like absolutely you should be growing and get everyone has room to get healthier and be a better person it's, it's not an excuse to stop growing, but like shit, like just the uh, amount of shame that that type of current environment and like American evangelicalism puts on you is wild and, and very, uh, I, it, it's debilitating at times, especially for, yeah. for kids, for, for kids who don't understand like how normal it is to act a certain way in everyday life because you're getting shit on in high school. You're like, and, and you think like, well, all those people suck. They don't know God, whatever. Like, I don't know. You're like, you're living in a very unrealistic world and nobody is telling you like, Hey, it's not really like that. And even what, like, if you're believing this, like, uh, you're fine. You're, you're fine the way that you are. And you, you like, I, I feel like it breeds a lot of anger and like anger leads mm-hmm. to hatred. And like, it, it's, it's tough. I, I, I think that like the way that the church goes right now, it's, you need a little bit of, it's a sinking out. ship. It's yeah. a sinking ship. Uh, I mean, like, that, I don't su- even, it I, sucks I, to say I because agree. there's people that I love who are in it. There's people who I love yeah. that are in it and it, but it's, it's sinking because it's cutting off its nose despite its face, you know? Yeah. I, I would love for it to find a healthy way of existence. I don't know that evangelicalism has, uh, has that luxury anymore. I think there's too many people doubling down on the stuff that's causing people to leave. Uh, yeah. It's hard to imagine it. It's surviving. Uh, I mean, in a, I shouldn't say surviving. It's always, there's always going to be people part of it and it's always going to exist, but um, it, surviving in the sense of like a, um, in a it, positive way, that way it, of changing the world in a positive way. Like, yeah, as know. a power structure, <laughs> I'm hoping it diminishes yeah. at least. I would love to see it diminish as a power structure. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I guess um, I know I want two things I want to touch on before. So we have time for is um, kind of where you're at now. And then I want to jump into talking about kind of what's going on with, uh, with mighty and your music and, and stuff like that. So do you have, do you have a formulated idea of where you're at? Or are you kind of just like figuring out as you go? What's where are you at now, man? Uh, spiritually. Yeah. What do you think about, I mean, it's art. It's easy to like, look back and be like, Oh, this is, I, you can see all like the clear wrongdoings, but as far as like beliefs and, how, oh, what yeah. you well, consider you, you to spend, be truth you spend an hour you know talking about the bad stuff you know you uh 
<laughs> you can get into it. Hey, <laughs> but I um way down young. You know, I I feel like I've found myself in a uh, in a spiritual existence that um I've I've been able to leave all my shame that that was there for whatever reason uh whether it was put on me by somebody else or I put it on myself because of my ignorance of what uh the beauty of life was I I, I feel like that I've I've left that and I'm a much more generally happy and accepting and caring person um when when I stopped worrying about what is you know what what's the general community of people that I was raised around saying um I I live in a way that's more of more more of how do I love my neighbor mm-hmm. you know like I, which I didn't I obviously was not seeing and and I searched for that again and again and I and it's like man I'm not gonna find it in this community and and you go and find other communities of people who don't need to talk about any of that stuff and and they're really different and they might be some people who the church doesn't like generally <laughs> and and it's like, but damn, these people are really nice and there's not a mean bone in their body. And damn, it turns out they're more Christ-like than half the people that I left behind. And so whatever they're on, I want some of that because I feel yeah. like my soul is a little bit more healthy. Just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's an obvious formula to life where you can just be like, you don't have to say shit to people. You don't have to judge people. You can just watch quietly until somebody's hurting somebody. And that's your cue to step in whether you want to or not. But otherwise, man, like, don't, don't fuck with it, people. It's... Don't shame people. Don't, like, let people live. Like, living in America, everyone loves freedom. Like, all the patriots love freedom. But <laughs> holy fuck, like, like, stop, like. <laughs> and stop bashing people who want to just live their life in a different way that you might not understand. Yeah, it I seems feel like simple that's enough. more Christ-like if like... you want to put it in. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's if you yeah, want to put no, it under that it, umbrella, it's more it's it's more Christ-like to do that. Yeah, it it's like you can see what it's like. You're told one thing in. in evangelical Christianity about what everybody needs and what's best for them. But then like you see, you see the the negative results of that down the road and the way that it hurts people. And then they go, well, that hurts them because they didn't just fall in line and accept what we told them was true. And you're like, it, 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 but it's, it's not, that's not working. You're not seeing Why that. Why didn't you just true. love that? You're not experience that. And yeah. And then you see other people do what the church has said they're doing. And you're like, well, that that's actually working. That's that's lifting people up. That's pulling people out. That's going with them through their shit. That's, I mean, it, just being a friend. It's just loving your neighbor, as you said. So it's like, you you, it's it's a disconnect between um, what your stated values are and what you say works, and then like uh, what's actually working in your general experience. Uh, it's like, 
it ends up being disconnected. So I, I, I like what you're saying. I, I, I agree that, you know, when you, when you're seeing it work, when you're seeing actually caring about people work, not in the way that like you were told you're supposed to, because that's quote unquote love. Um, right. But more like unguarded and unfettered. It, it just being there. It's like, it makes me think of what you're talking about with like all these stories uh, of your youth group where it's like evangelical Christian has lost the ability to just be like, just go alongside people without the need to, to butt in, in a way. Like exactly. If someone's like, for example, uh, my dad's an alcoholic um, and he, he's been sober for a while, uh, but he went through years of being an absolute disaster. And what was not helpful and what's never been helpful is people pointing that out because he knows he's ruining his life and his family and his relationships. And he feels bad about that. And that makes him want to, that makes him hate himself more. And that makes him drink more. Like you don't need that constant reminder to stop drinking. You need people to be there for you. And that might not necessarily be your family because there's an added level of conflict there, but like, and some, and then after you hit rock bottom, whatever that is, and you find sobriety, you're going to say that person was actually there for me. Like sometimes just being there for somebody isn't changing their life. It isn't making them make good choices. It isn't controlling. It's just, it's the existence of going along. It's just going along. It's just existing with them. Uh, and they, they'll realize later that that was more life giving and saving than any anything else and, and you they might not know it at the time and it, it's i don't know i that's not what you get though in in church i don't think i actually do think right. my dad got that from some people in his church which is great and you know respect to those people um but as a whole especially as a kid you're just under attack for your poor behavior <laughs> yeah well, it's just the people times, who speak up yeah and how many times people who speak up like... tend to be the ones that do that yeah yeah like like when like nobody ever responds well to hey stop it you're fucking up like especially children especially yeah like like yeah, like course. it's right. like you're you're never gonna get a good response you're never gonna get what you want like they're not gonna stop if somebody's fucking up it's like they're obviously dead set in their ways so don't like don't be like hey dipshit like you know? Yeah. People aren't, yeah. don't respond well to, Hey, uh, you're wrong. And they go, Oh, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. And then they change. Yeah. Nobody does that. That's when just has not that the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. When is, when has that ever happened? <laughs> uh, but right. not to do a quick shift, but, uh, I do want to get to it. So let's talk about yeah. mighty. I know you guys have gone through some bullshit and you got some new music on the way. Uh, why don't you kind of just give us the, uh, give the listeners the up, where things are at with what you guys got going on right now. Uh, yeah, the, the bullshit could take another episode, but <laughs> I, won't, yeah. I won't go through that. Um, uh, we're, so we're, uh, we ended up recording a record. Well, actually at this point, two to maybe three records uh, on our own. Uh, my own, the, this one that's coming out is with the drummer uh, at my house. We just recorded it and, we're putting it out independently. We recently got dropped from a label before we even got to release anything. Um, 
And so we're just like, whatever, it's been too long since we've released anything and we've been an active band still. So um, Mm -hmm. it's all the stuff's coming out. Like we're doing singles monthly every second Friday of the month. Uh, And so at uh, September 1st, we're releasing a record. And uh, this is actually the first time I'm actually saying any of that publicly. Otherwise, people don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, we're really proud of it. And, it. and it was nice to do, to kind of prove to myself and, and especially like prove to Cam, my, our, our drummer, uh, that, hey, we don't need a big studio to do this. And it sounds great just doing it at home. It, it stands up to the shit that costs fucking yeah which i can attest to you did send me well uh you did send me the album to listen to and it it is great and it does sound great and uh i I love it i'm glad um i'm glad you guys are pushing forward with the releases and i i'm looking forward to directing people towards it uh i think we it's funny we've like as you would know but we've like casey and i with the metal and hardcore metalcore backgrounds and the heavy music and shit it's like we we talk a lot about that and that's not always the most accessible that's not what everyone's into and i guess some people probably suffer through our regular conversations about music they don't give a fuck about so um i was excited to go a different approach with uh with what you guys are doing it's not so for you guys who get sick of listening to us talk about all the metal bands we were interested in are looking loving now. Um, you're looking at something uh, not quite in that lane. Mighty's anymore. for everybody. <laughs> yes. Mighty's for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were all, it's funny cause we were all in, we were all in metalcore bands, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that shit. I love that shit. But it's I was just... also a Reliant K kid. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, They'll never get old. They'll never die. But well, Reliant K will live forever. God bless Matt Hoops from Reliant K because I, if if I can say one more thing, it's that um, I somehow was ended up like I ended up being friends with that dude, and he has been one of the greatest mentors. Um, just like incredibly encouraging and generous guy. Um, those those dudes the reliant k dudes are the real deal and like i'm so glad to to grow growing up loving them and then like being like holy shit man like i'm so glad y'all are nice because <laughs> mo- that's cool most of my heroes that's awesome said, you, you know you you get issues with them but matt hoops did a um i was at purple door one year and i matt hoops did a metalcore band for a minute didn't he I'd have to ask him. I, we've never talked about I, it. Oh, I'm. I was just the week before. I'm gonna look the it week up. before you guys were, because well, you guys both did Florida back to back, right? And you did I Disneyland. Was, I was at Disney. Casey went to the absolute middle of nowhere in. Oh right! Oh right! Utah right. and Nevada, not being around. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, that's Disneyland in some sort of way. But I was. <laughs> I, I, I was. Uh, I stayed with hoops for a minute at, at their place in Florida. And I, damn, I forget what, I, there was something important that I need to tell you about with that. 
that had to do with the thing. I'm sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I'm like just delete that. Also, just uh, just scratch that shit from the record. <laughs> I was looking for what Matt Hoops' band was. I know someone from Reliant K was in like a heavy band for a second and they didn't really it didn't I don't think it just lasted long, but um I can't What's even the find other time? Matt Thiessen? Matt right. Thiessen. Yeah, yeah, Thiessen. He hoops He's kind today, of a um, like, Go ahead, man. Oh, well, today it was so funny, but like right before we got on with each other, he sent me the um he said it was like carbids.com or something. Do you guys you guys like Rob Deerdeck? Like you guys know Rob Deerdeck. Oh yeah. Andy Sufak, yeah. Big, yeah. Do you guys remember when he kick flipped that car? He did he jumped a fucking Chevy Sonic in a spiral and landed it back on the wheels, you know, like full slide <laughs> flip kick flip. Really? He sends me this link to that car that is being sold on an auction no way. today. And <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like thirty eight hundred dollars and I'm like, shit. I might scrounge <laughs> up the money and buy this motherfucker. <laughs> Does it come with like a certification that that is in fact the car he jumped? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's very it obvious that, that it's the car. Like, I don't need any certification. Like, you look at it, it has like 120 photos or something of the car, and I'm like, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> My word, I definitely have to watch this video. Which one? Oh, it's the. Jump the car video. Foot. Yeah. It's out of control. Holy it's crap. Yeah. And that's the car. It's <laughs> on sale right now. That is awesome. But yeah, well, that's well, that's it. That's a good note to end on. Everyone go watch that video too and you'll be impressed. We're always just watching videos like people. It makes It's like great for podcasting when you just all sit here and watch a video together <laughs> it's always my favorite audio. part of any it's always my favorite part of any podcast i listen to where i'm like oh cool they're watching another youtube video <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, man it was great talking to you dude thanks so much for joining us it was a this is fun. Thanks for hanging out in dude. our discord too. It's been fun talking to you there, getting to know you a little bit before we jumped on here. Yeah. I'm, I thank you so much for having me. I'm a big, uh, I would say that I'm a big fan of the podcast. You know, I, it, it brings me joy. Thank you. Well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. That. We'll, we'll be sharing your songs, um, as they're released too. I'm excited to share them with people. I'm, I'm glad you guys are putting it out there and, uh, you get a tour at all. Yeah. Do you have plans to like, hit the uh, hit the road anytime soon or what are you thinking if it's even been talked um, about you don't have to we, not, not to put you on we, the spot with that we are going to but something i've been thinking about is like right after the record gets dropped on september 1st uh me and my wife me and my fiance get married <laughs> the uh the week after that and then we're okay we're leaving for the rest of that month for the rest of September. And then, um, so sadly we won't have a right after the record gets released tour, but, uh, yeah, we'll be out. We, we got, uh, we got management and all that. So I'm sure that we'll be pumping some shit up and we love playing live and we're, uh, I don't think we're too bad at it. So 
we'll, we'll probably be, we'll probably be around you guys sometime soon. Yeah, dude, I'll be keeping an eye Perfect. out. I'd love it if you uh, if you come out this way. I'd love to get together. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let y'all know because it's uh, Michigan and uh, what Massachusetts? Or, no, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm in yeah. Kansas. That was holy yeah. shit. The last time I was in Kansas on tour, it was like 13 below. It was the venue had no heat. Also, <laughs> oh, God, it was a theater. Oh, I forget what theater awful. it was. We're touring with Saves the Day, and they had no fucking heat. God, but yeah, I that, that, I, we don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Love you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man, it was great. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And we will see you next time.